Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And we are a VHS podcast that looks at the trailers, the box arts, and behind the scenes. And at the very end, we put something in the museum just like Indy. And this week, we've got a special guest. John, why don't you say hello? Hello. Now, let's tell everyone, I guess, a history of you and me. We went to college together, so we know nothing on each other. No, nothing at all. No horrible stories. Nothing, nothing like that at all. I'm sure we've not seen each other in like very compromising, embarrassing scenarios at all in our life. Completely right. I'm, and let's not bring any of them up, like puking in a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Or carrying exactly. uh, someone like a zombie up the stairs and they fall over unconscious and you contemplate, oh, no, they'll be fine. <laughs> Okay, so has anyone seen Theodore Rex? My God. The future's toughest cop is Katie Coltrane. I'm back. And now she's getting a new partner. His name is Teddy. Hit me. He's a dinosaur. You two have solved this case together. What? What? It's a dinosaur. New partner, Coltrane? (laughs) He's got the style. I'm here for a new look. Step right up. Push the button. He's a cop. Mahalo! You gotta make him look like a real cop. I'm too sexy for my clothes. That thing at the table just clacked at me. He's got horns for you. It's very normal. He's got the charm. (laughs) Your mind's shut down and your glands have taken over. And he's got the appetite. You cannot eat our only suspect. To come out. Yes. On time. (laughs) Boom! I'm amazing. New Line Cinema presents... Are you thinking you're going to get somebody? <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. Can you just slide your butt? Yeah, that's great. Like that? And introducing... Teddy. John, have you ever seen this? I did. It took me like three or four times to finally get through the whole thing, but yes, I saw it. <laughs> so I've, I've actually seen this movie before we did this. Really? <laughs> I... I I have subjected myself to this before we had to do it. I've actually, this is one of the movies I've screened before in the okay. past. Did and you screen this on Trash Movie Night? I did. I have screened this before uh, by request. People really wanted me to do this, and I had never seen wow. it. And people were saying, oh, my God, Dinosaurs was so fun when you did that. Will you do another one with Theodore Rex? And I did. And that was the first time that I had actually seen Well, I watched it before to make sure, you know, there wasn't like, you know, graphic racism or anything like So I watched it once and then I brought it over to the trash movie night. Plays a lot better with a crowd than it does by oh, yourself. <laughs> yeah, I can completely imagine that. Yeah, I had never seen this before. I uh, had this tape here and slid it in. This is one where I got a bric-a-brac. So thank you. I also got next week's at bric-a-brac. But wow. Yeah, this would have been much better with a crowd. Yeah, it oh, plays really nice with people drinking and like... Sort of being like taken aback by what they're seeing, but like when you're by yourself, it's almost just kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> now, John, you watched this literally last night, correct? Yeah, I, well, I, I watched it last night. I got like a, about a half hour in, and I was like starting to fall asleep, and I would like rewind it, start it over again, and I just kept falling asleep. And I finally finished like the last twenty minutes earlier today. But uh, yeah, it, it it definitely took a couple tries. So this is the most fresh in your mind. So this would be pretty interesting. So your brain probably still hasn't fully gelled back together yet. Oh no, it's a lot of mush though. Yeah. So if like just words make no sense, then you know that'll be why. I'll just edit around them or keep them in. Who knows? I mean, that's who knows. That's the script for this movie. It's just words muddled together that don't make sense. So <laughs> words and events. <laughs> Pretty much. Pre-production on this film was kind of hell, and we'll go into this and then do more in behind the scenes. But just to let before you watch this film, I think you should know that Whoopi Goldberg was sued to even get on this set. 
they sued her because she refused to do this movie. Yeah. They had a recording of her on uh, what we used to call, like, kids, when you used to call phones home to home, we had what this was, was like a voice recorder, a voicemail, but it wasn't on your phone. And it was like connected was, with little cassettes. Yeah, little cassette tapes. Yeah, it was an answering machine. That's the word I'm looking answering machine. Uh, yeah, it's I, I was from that era and I forgot what they're called. I just call them voicemails now. I can't remember. Yeah, but they found an answering machine tape that said she was 100 percent committed. So her lawyer basically said or judge hey, you, you better, you know, strap in, get ready, because you're going to do this movie. So she had negotiations with the producer, which both of them, she hated the producer. She called him motherfucker to his face. To his face, yeah. She didn't say it behind his back, you know, like most of us would. More than once. I mean, she had got, so she was scheduled to make $5 million on this. I believe they said she made somewhere around 7 so, to get her to actually show up. Yeah, I read that in negotiations, they got her, like, they paid her more so that she'd actually do it. Yeah. I have a rule. If you have to sue your star to get them on set, you might want a new star. <laughs> yeah. Probably the worst approach to movie making, I think. <laughs> you mean getting someone who hates your guts to be on set? <laughs> yeah, and then act like they don't not want to be there the entire time. Yeah. Do you imagine her assistant on this set? Like, I'm sure she had a few assistants and like how they tried to be like, hey, Whippy, how's your day going today? And then, Fuck you. <laughs> she just let loose. Yeah. I wonder if in the credits, it'd be funny to go back and see if there was an extra person that was just to deal with her like that on a set, like a like a psychiatrist or something like that. I don't know. Probably. Let's let Matt here break down the box art. All right. So this this tape we're looking at is uh, Clamshell. Yeah. So we got a big boy, uh, not uh, not our usual slip cases here. It's a big, big old clamshell, and the front of the box is just yellow and like nothing else but a publicity still of Rex and a publicity still of Whoopi sort of smushed together. And it says Whoopi Goldberg, huge above the title, then Theodore Rex, and we get this tagline. The world's toughest cop is getting a brand new partner. He's a real blast from the past. hey Yeah, and, like, Rex just has, like, his, like, hip outfit with, like, his uh, Converse's and his uh, jeans and his red hoodie. And she's in the black leather outfit that she's in the entire time in the film. <laughs> no costume change. Yeah, and this publicity stunts like Photoshop together is particularly bad. Yeah, it's terrible. And it's terrible like for this time, it's terrible for now. It's just it's it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh if you if you flip over to the side, we they use the same Whoopi Goldberg publicity still for the second time on the side underneath the uh new line logo, and then it says uh, comedy. If you're wondering what genre this falls in, or wondering what the hell you're watching, you're like, it's a comedy. It's okay. Flip over to the back. The exact same publicity still of Whoopi Goldberg is used two more times on the back. Four times on this box, the same still. So uh, they must have took a ton of her, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same one. Yeah, yeah. Look, it is it is the full of her standing, which is the exact same image, mm-hmm. like with her with her arm out. And then just a cropped in of her face. But it's the same face. John, have you ever seen this clamshell at all? Yes. That's the one I saw the most. I saw a second one, which was like blue. And it has a very badly, again, like photoshopped city in the background, which is really like almost whitewashed. And it's just them doing a different pose side by side. And the text is different. I don't know if that was for like intended for the... uh, there's like nothing to go with the image where I saw it, but uh, that's the only other one I saw, but it was mostly that yellow one. Yeah. This <laughs> awful one, which you could never really truly forget. Yeah. It's also the cover of the DVD too. Like usually when these switch over, they take a different image or they do another Photoshop. Nope. They're just like same one. I was going to ask if they ever put this out on DVD, but I guess they did. Yeah. That's what I had to screen it off of. And it's like exactly the same. Like every, everything has just been ported over from the VHS. <laughs> Well, it's funny too. It, it doesn't match like the movie at all. Like the tone, the even look. Like it's it's like all bright and sunshiny, but the film's like always at night. Almost, it's like always nighttime in the movie. Yeah, there's no daytime in this film at all. Yeah, they're clearly going for the Blade Runner 
maybe even Super Mario Brothers look. That's what I got out of it. Well, that's funny. Uh, they got a guy who helped design Blade Runner to be like the set designer. I I read. Well, that's the same guy who designed Super Mario Brothers, so he's got a he's got a look. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this guy's definitely getting work. Yeah, he's like there with the you know the cigarette. <sighs> nighttime, everything nighttime. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you called the right man <laughs> you want your movie filmed at nighttime? i'm your guy <laughs> so uh go ahead and read the synopsis on this so if you're not familiar with theodore rex this is what the film is about question mark <laughs> academy award winner Whoopi goldberg best supporting actress 1990 ghost in sister act proves she's the perfect comedic partner in this hilarious futuristic family comedy about a cop and a dinosaur on a mission to save the world Whoopi stars as Officer Katie Coltrane, a smooth-talking, take-care-of-business cop on the rise. But when they team her up on a high-profile case with a Tyrannosaurus Rex named Teddy, she blows her cool. The bumbling three-toed dinosaur can't even find his own tail, much less a clue. And although he's cute in a lizardy sort of way, Katie thinks he's only good for fossil fuel. Cloned, conned, and about to get canned, Katie and Teddy have accidentally come across the most colossal crime caper in history pg color new line 92 minutes now does anyone think that whoopi goldberg bought this animatronic after the after the shoot and burned it i hope so (laughs) yeah i think so (laughs) oh there's there's one other little factoid on this box that i want to bring up it says at the bottom read the scholastic book there's a book adaptation guys no way homework we gotta get it we gotta find it i oh my gosh really maybe the plot makes more sense in book form i doubt it (laughs) do you think it was sold on like the bookmobile i probably i mean that's the only way you'd (laughs) just bring this and shove this down kids throats please buy our book (laughs) yeah 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 all right let's uh let's get into the movie details here or I don't even know. It's <laughs> our discussion of the film. <laughs> yeah, our, our our movie notes here because we the only movie detail I have is Whoopi Goldberg's in this. The guy from Father of the Bride, he's the voice of Rex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we have Shaft in this as like the mayor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, who's the bad guy with the shitty wig that starts off at the very beginning? Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, Stephen McCaddy from Pontypool. Yes, he's from Pontypool. I, I, he's been in other things. Oh yeah, he's a yeah. character actor, but like that was like the other movie, like Top Line. Yeah, he's in this. Sorry, buddy. And why is his wig so shitty? Why did that? If that's your first why, did you guys notice he had like a weird ear thing? Like he had like a reverse pointed elf ear. Like instead of it being on the top, it was like his earlobe was like pointy in one scene. But the rest of the time, like his hair covered it up. Right. Yeah. It was like they showed him in the car scene early on. It, like, it looked like his earlobe had like melted into a spike. Really? Yeah. 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 But then, they, yeah, they do. It was like he turns his head over and, and it, like and that's when it shows it like they meant for you to see it in that scene when he's in the car. Uh, but, you know, it makes no sense because it's not ever brought up like it's like he's a clone or whatever. It just makes no sense like most things in this movie. Yeah, no kidding. See, a couple other the cast, the uh, main baddie, which is Kane, uh, I guess Dr. Kane, Armin Mueller-Stahl. Don't know him. He, he's in a couple other, like, he was in Eastern Promises and uh he was also in uh, angels and demons but i i couldn't tell you which ones there were like i i remember him but not enough to be like oh he's definitely in yeah i've seen him in other things too but now that you bring up he was in eastern promises oh man i bet he was one of those crazy russians yeah probably i think that's a stereotype like kind of like there's always a guy who's like every native american in any movie is like he's always the russian guy and every movie that's crazy i I don't really know anyone else in this film oh by the way theodore rex is the actual actor's name is george newburn he he does the voice of uh superman in the like animated series it's not the tim daly one but like in later versions like uh, when the warner brothers would come out with like a an animated version of a comic book movie he would do the voice of superman Wow. And then um, the lady who was Molly Rex, she was the grandma in Adam's family. Yeah. 
Carol yeah. Keene. Yep. Wow, you're fitting right in here with Analog Jones and your nerdiness. Yeah. You do more research than we do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, well, your voice sounds familiar. So then I'd look it up. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's that person who ruined their career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's done nothing? Well, she's in uh, Kimmy Schmidt. She's like the crazy old lady in uh, the uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Oh, it's her? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is she's was she in Saturday Night Live? Uh, I don't know. She's in Scrooge with Bill yeah, Murray. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Oh, yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I always put her, lumped them, her into... She was in The Princess Bride. She was uh, Billy Crystal's, like, goblin witch wife or whatever. Ah, that's right. And they're like, I'm storming the castle, you know, that she was that girl. Damn, that's crazy. She agreed to do this. <laughs> well, or maybe, maybe she enjoyed it and had fun. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, just she's a voice actress. So yeah. she's probably in the studio for like a day. Yeah. Yeah. Just get her lines out. And she's like, I'm out. Give me my five thousand dollars. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because I think they had her sing twice and that was like cover two scenes. I think they just one take. Yeah. And put it back in. She's like, bye, I gotta go. I gotta go not be here <laughs> for Theodore yeah. I gotta go make Animus Family Values. <laughs> uh, love that. Oh, film, yeah, it's a good one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, like, let's try to decipher what's happening in this movie. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, any any volunteers? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the, th- here's the first thing I have to bring up. We get opening text, which basically explains... It explains what's happening in the movie because without the opening text, you probably have no idea what's happening. However, the opening text does not like it's not like Star Wars or any of those other movies where it leads you into the first scene. The opening text is just explaining what you're going to see for the next 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it gives away the movie and then you watch the movie. Right. Yeah. It's the strangest opening text ever. Once upon a time in the future. At midnight tomorrow, billionaire Elazar Kane will launch his new Eden missile to bring on another ice age. After mankind is extinct, Kane will reanimate the pairs of all Earth's animals he keeps frozen in his ark and create his vision of paradise. One hour ago, two workers escaped from the new Eden compound and are racing to tell the police about Kane's master plan. Yeah, I, I don't get. Now, did they do this because they had a test audience watch it and they're like, "We don't know what's happening," or did they just edit this and go, uh, "We got to do something. This makes no sense." Yeah, it'd be interesting to find that out. But it's 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 like they just have this thing, and it per, it ends like the the text ends with, and it and we've got two people on the run ready to expose their secrets or whatever. And you'd think that's where you'd cut in, like seeing the two of them at work or something like that, because that's typically how those like texts end. Nope. We, we drop in and we get this uh, Stephen McHattie doing whatever the fuck weird shit he was doing at the beginning. Well, it was confusing. Yeah, you're like, is he one of the people running who you don't know? Exactly. That's, that's what I thought. Yeah, so was it supposed to be two dinosaurs trying to escape the facility to tell everyone the plan? And then the first one we saw dies, but it's supposed... And then it cuts to like a butterfly flying around, lands on the dinosaur's nose, and then it cuts to Theodore Rex where he's like, <gasps> something happened, I had a dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Grid Police Headquarters. Yeah, this is Teddy Rex. What's up? I got this strange feeling. Anything weird happened tonight? Yeah, a murder down at the Carnival Graveyard. Huh. Yeah. Huh. There's nothing for you public relation guys, Teddy. Huh. Yeah, they're keeping it real quiet. Got it. Yeah. I'm on my way. And, and everything's black and white except for the butterfly, which explodes. <laughs> like, I didn't quite get the artistic approach to that. Like, I didn't know why the butterfly would be in color. Yeah, I, well, why is it in black and white? Because it's supposed to be a dream? Yeah. But, but it really happened? It? Yeah, but it, yeah, it actually happened, so I don't know the choice here. Yeah. Oh, God, this is like the first problem where you're like, what the hell's going on? So we find out 
that our dinosaur has a psychic link to all other dinosaurs. Possibly. Well, no, all dinosaurs have psychic links to all dinosaurs. They feel what they feel, or something like that. They feel when something bad happens to another dinosaur? Yeah. I don't know, it's hard to explain, as Theodore Rex states it. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. It's just like lazy writing. They're like they're like, we don't want to really explain what you know why they do this. It's just let's just have them say it's hard to explain. Yeah, it's true. They do like literally have that line where Whoopi's like, Oh, so you feel what other dinosaurs feel? And then he's just like, It's hard to explain. Dropped. <laughs> Dropped. Never brought up back again. <laughs> Yeah, on to the next thing. <laughs> and I think once they do the autopsy, they never bring up Psychic Link ever again. No. No. Is that the line? They, is that well, when she... They bring it up one more time when they meet the Molly Rex, and she goes, I knew something was up. Yeah. I felt it too, or whatever. That's it, though. That That's the only other time. The only other time I thought, too, when they're doing the autopsy, and he's doing that weird where he, like touches the dinosaur, and he feels like it's feelings, and he's like, like doing that weird maybe orgasmic sound we don't know and he why is he making that sound no yeah no explanation oh my gosh uh anyway so we meet theodore rex in his apartment and i guess he's a goofy dinosaur because first he keeps his shoes in a drawer yeah that is the weirdest thing ever yeah it's such a small moment but it like bothered me to my core for some reason (laughs) it's like don't put your shoes in the drawer you monster Yeah, and so he sleeps in slippers that night, too, I think, because he takes slippers off, and then he goes into the shower. So does that mean he's also a monster that just sleeps in slippers, like, under the covers? Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, he would have the, oh. Oh, that's almost as bad as wearing socks. Oh, my God. It's worse than wearing (laughs) socks. It's slippers. I think that's worse. Yeah, I think it is. I think that's way worse. Oh, my gosh. That's now, oh, another, another level of awfulness in this movie i'm so bothered by him (laughs) uh let's see so he has a dog very odd yeah but is that the first time and last time we ever see the dog yeah no and they go back to his they go back to his apartment at one point i think when when molly goes there and stays there like he like brings her over and you think they're like gonna hook up but then he leaves her there i think that's when we also see the dog again (laughs) yeah after their weird dance kind of thing that they do yeah that's oh my god and the dog is sitting there like watching them do the dance that's what it is i think and he kind of does like a oh and kind of sits down or something like that even the dog is like what the fuck are you guys doing (laughs) can you imagine being that dog he's like watching two giant puppet dinosaurs dance and he's probably like what the fuck (laughs) where did i stumble into (laughs) even i don't want to be in this movie (laughs) (laughs) he refuses to brush his teeth also because he's a monster that bothered me i'm like what yeah why even stick that scene in there yeah complete waste oh and then he takes a shower and his tail's getting water everywhere and i'm like Dude, you're probably renting from someone. Yeah, this it's is going not downstairs, cool. probably. You're ruining the <laughs> floors. Everything about this guy's lifestyle made my skin crawl. <laughs> this dinosaur is a terrible tenant. <laughs> well, they would, that would have been like a perfect moment for the dog to come and like lick up the water. Like just have a weird, dumb, like 90s cute moment with the dog, too. Or, and it's like. You know, and it has like whimpering noises or something like yeah, that. Yeah, the director is going to call you, John. He's going to need your help on his next film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a missed opportunity. That would have actually been a really like kind of funny thing to add in there. Like just have the dog be like under it, like lapping it up or like taking a bath underneath him or something. That would have been a cute moment to have there. Missed opportunity, guys. <laughs> yeah, completely. So he ends up going out and meeting with another cop, right, to see a dead body? Because yeah. he calls into the police station to check if anything happens. Yeah, because he, he had this strange feeling, a.k.a. his dino telepathy. And he is he is not a police officer, but he works with the police. Or he is like some sort of, you know, small version of an officer. You know, like not, not quite high ranking as an officer or whatever. Because he was created by the guy for that reason like he was this is where i'm lost to like why he is on the police force in general like well they they say something like it's like a pr position or something like that yes yeah that, that's it and it, it's so confusing to me what his job is <laughs> yeah no again no explanation yeah i mean it just add this to the list of confusing things like why are the dinosaurs the same height as human uh why do they wear clothing uh 
Why don't they eat meat? Oh. Well, he's a recovering carnivore is what he says. <laughs> what? Really? Oh, man. How am I missing things? My brain just gave up. Oh, I saw. So in my in my research, the guy uh, remember when he is at he's like visiting the mayor and he's eating all those cookies. Yes, it's Butler is there to tell him like that. Oh, there's cookies. That's Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it totally is. What's that actor's name? Someone get on that. Oh, I'll have to look it up. Pause as we look up Tywin Lannister <laughs> actor's name. All right, I'm not seeing it. So you, mi- it might have been because he was in Alien Three two years before Last Action Hero, Space Truckers. What the fuck? Oh no, it was some guy named Marius Mansmanen. Oh. Well, when you said it, my brain instantly was like, "Oh my god, it is." So yeah, it looked close enough. Either way, now we know. The greatest secret in the world. It's not Tywin Lannister. <laughs> Which, by the way, his name is Charles Dance. That is not. Yeah, I just found yeah, him. Yeah, Charles Dance is not the name I thought he would be called. I mean, that man plays some tough characters, and his last name is Dance. Yeah, what a disappointment that was. <laughs> well, I guess as we move on, he finds out that there's a dead dinosaur. Then I think we get cut in, and we get introduced to Whoopi Goldberg and her partner busting a crime. Yeah. And it is the, like, I don't know, henchmen of the main bad guy. And they are on, like, straight cocaine. (laughs) They're just, like, hopping around, making weird sounds. And it's part of, like, this is one of the big, tonally confusing parts in the film. You know, Whoopi Goldberg and her partner look like they're kind of on, like, a Blade Runner, Super Mario Brothers world. But these bad guys are, like, in a... Batman and Robin film. That's oh, exactly yeah. what I thought of this. Yeah. That, that, that first scene is straight out of Batman and Robin. Totally. Yeah, it's like it's like whoever did the like the makeup, the costumes, and everything, just like they plucked that right out of that film, stuck it in that, and then we only get it when those henchmen are on camera. Yeah, yeah. The, only, only the henchmen look like Batman and Robin characters. Right. They've got like a predator dreadlocks with this like mask on that you can't really see what their face looks like, but they've got glowing red eyes. Just another bizarre thing. Now, I don't remember what happened to Whoopi Goldberg's first partner. Did he die? Uh, no, he just uh, they in that scene and then he's just never in it again. Yeah, they just drop it. Yeah, I was about to say, like, she gets a new partner, but I don't really understand why they dropped the old partner. He comes to that fancy dinner where his creator is and we get like the snobby plot driven guy where he's like, oh, I'm going to team them up because he's working with the main baddie. And then we get the captain exposition. Yeah. yeah. Then we get the commander or mayor. I don't really know what Shaft was playing. The mayor, I think. Yeah. He sometimes seems like he's like the head of the police department or the grid, the grid police, I think they call themselves. It's like he's the head of that, but he's also the mayor at the same time. I wonder if it's like a RoboCop future thing where like the mayor is the head of police or something like that. Like, Or maybe they never establish it because this movie's awful. <laughs> it's just all <laughs> over the place to care. Now, something I didn't notice in this scene until the second time I watched it. So the, all those bad guys are in the car and they shoot somebody. That is that second person mentioned at the beginning that's running to tell the world what the bad guy is going to do, what this Dr. Kane's going to do. So he was the second guy, and the dinosaur is the first guy. Missed all of that. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, because that truck... And I didn't, I didn't catch on to that to the second time. Does that truck run over someone? They shoot him, and then they stop, and they were like going to pick him up. And then that's when Whoopi and her uh, teammate, her partner, come in and try to stop him yeah because missed all of that just all... like lost this like my brain like what it browned out you could just no idea what happened there well yeah i didn't and like i said until i i because i re right when i went to watch it again i just started it from the beginning because i'm like ah uh, the right, this doesn't make sense so yeah that makes sense i guess i gotta watch it again guys <laughs> don't you do that to yourself 
right. I think there's a warning on the back how many times you can wash this before being physically and emotionally affected. <laughs> yeah, this guys, this is the third time I've seen this film. I don't think I'm going to be okay. <laughs> there's, we might have to get you to the hospital. I might have. There's a part of my brain that has now like liquefied. Like they're just just one part though. <laughs> So there's two ways to uh, lobotomize a person. You can drill into their head, or you can make them watch Theodore Rex five times. Oh, all right. I'm right. totally away, guys. Let's uh, do this. Do you think you'll have to see a dinosaurologist? Ah, uh, that's, you know, and this movie was, I thought this movie would have more shitty puns. Well, the, I do like, are you a specious? Yeah, specious is awesome. That, Come on, Coltrane. He graduated from the academy just like you did. <sighs> It's a dinosaur. You're not a species, are you? <laughs> it was also one of those, you know, whoever wrote that at the time was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so topical, so funny. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. No, just uh, like hard hitting for the dimes, getting to like deep uh, emotional topics of the day. Yeah, except when I watched it in this one, I was like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I don't even know where we're at in the story. I don't know. Her... It doesn't matter. They get partnered up. <laughs> yeah. Nothing matters anymore, Steve. Okay. So here's a scene. It's about in the middle of the movie when he needs a new outfit. Oh, God. And they go into the, like, chamber thing to change his outfit. He goes into, like, a mariachi suit and a Viking and everything like that. In the script, they're trying to pay this off. I think that's how people change clothes? Question mark? Even though he changed clothes by taking his stuff out of a drawer and changing like normal earlier in the movie? Yes. Sure. So I don't know why it's in that, but I think the whole reason that entire scene's in there is just like, well, we can't film him changing clothes. So someone's like, oh, let's have his clothes morph. And that's how people change in the future. But when they wrote that in, they probably forgot at the very beginning that they had him changing. So it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I like he... He's trying to get into a like a costume that's undercover, even though he's hanging out with Whoopi Goldberg, who has been in her clearly police uniform the entire time. Yeah. And and he gets into this like red hoodie and jeans and converse. And Whoopi literally says a line. Now you look like a cop. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's really not different from his outfit earlier. It's like a slight color change of everything, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, because in the beginning, he's he's like in a cardigan. Yeah. Yeah, a turtleneck, a cardigan. He's got a scarf and uh, like cargo pants kind of looking. Yeah, now he's in jeans and a different color sweater that's not a turtleneck and a different hoodie. And then like, that's it. <laughs> It's like, and also, it's like, who wears that many layers? So it's like he is like, well, he's cold blooded, so he had to wear so much to keep himself warm. It's probably like, because you could see the fucking puppeteer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, we got to cover him up. I just put a bunch of layers on him. Oh man, you're a genius, Todd. <laughs> that saved us some money. We don't want to make an entire dinosaur costume. Why don't we just have him in normal street clothes? Yeah, now we don't have to paint the torso. It's pro- done. Probably it, honestly. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here's here's my brain trying to figure out what's what's happening in this film. Dr. Kane has a plot to take... He's got an arc, basically. He's got two of each of the animals in the world frozen. But all of the other animals in the world are dead besides... Right? And he's slowly unfreezing them one by one now, but then he's going to ice age the whole world and then unfreeze what he has in his arc. And for for some reason in this world where all the the animals get frozen and he's slowly unfreezing them one by one only to refreeze them and unfreeze them again. Dinosaurs are back? That's and then that's just like it? Like That's the only explanation we get? It's like, well, there's no more animals, so dinosaurs are here. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, no sense. And, and raccoons are extinct because that kid. Yeah. That whole scene, though, is straight out of The Crow. What's his name? The cop goes up to the girl and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? Want me to buy you something to eat? Like, whoopee. Like, That's straight out of The Crow. And then he's just like, what are they talking about? A raccoon on the radio or something like that. And I'm like, wait, so are all animals extinct? Did they just are they going Because well, what's funny too is what what also doesn't make sense is she runs into a dog on the street. 
Oh, and yeah. It's like, oh, and they come friends. And she runs into the kid and has like, hey, kid, can you take the dog up and feed him? Dog is never seen again in the movie. Never mentioned. Like, there, it's like they were going to tie it in in a way and just never did. Is the kid ever seen again? Yeah, the kid gets taken yeah. later. But like, oh, that's right. Yeah. The moment that Whoopi walks up and starts talking to this kid, you your brain immediately goes, "Well, that kid's going to be bait later in the movie." Yeah. Like that's, that's yeah. the only oh, yeah. purpose he serves in this film. Right. And, and the kid is trying to hook up Whoopi with his dad. Like you, you should meet my dad. He's going to be here soon. And she's like, Nah, I don't think so. And then again later, she's like, "He's like, don't worry, my dad's not here." Jesus, I keep forgetting about these scenes. Like when I'd watch this, my brain would get like two or three minutes behind because there would be something I'd be stuck on. Like, why the fuck did that just happen? You know, and like, you have to it, rewind just... it. I I did that, and I'd have to rewind it again and watch it, and be like, oh no, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so going on, I guess we can skip to when they have to go to the toy maker. Oh wait, but before we get to the toy maker, we have to mention that there is a throwaway line that they try to sort of pay off later, where Whoopi basically admits that she's a robot. Yeah, that's right. She got she like downloads something. She's like download ambush program or something along those lines. And he's like, wait, what? And then she's like, oh, I'm a robot. And he's like, really? And she's like, yeah, more human than human. Dropped until she gets shot later. Yeah. Like never comes back. Doesn't matter for the rest of the plot. It's just thrown in there for some reason. You you reminded me of it. And the way she says it, it's kind of like, is that a joke? Because like the way like she didn't have any. She's like, yeah, I'm a robot or something like that. I'm more human than human. And it, like you said, throwaway line. It was so much of a throwaway, I forgot it. So when we get to the end of the film, I was surprised. What the hell's going on? Why is she like electric, like yeah. electrode? Uh, half, like, why is she all electric while she gets shot? Yeah. Well, I mean, because you typically need to remind an audience about something like that probably twice. Yeah. Or and not just have it in a throwaway line, like show like her point of view with it downloading, show like her like cyber arm or something yeah. like that. Nope, nothing. Just one line of dialogue that doesn't come back later. Yeah, like, have you ever watched Terminator, you jackasses? <laughs> it's really surprising. It's really surprising when you're watching it and you fall asleep and then you wake up to the scene where she's getting shot and then she's just sparking and you're like, what? That makes sense. <laughs> what? That's, it's even oh, more yeah. confusing. He doesn't believe in violence. He's a pacifist. I can't talk. Pacifist. Pacifist. But then at the very end, he's just like, give me your gun. Yeah. Are you hit? No, I'm I'm just playing. Are you hit? I'm not Uh, exactly hit. I'm I'm offline and I'm down. So I think you're on your own here. All right. Give me your gun. I can't. What? I can't. Katie, give me your gun. This is no No, time to play around. Give me it. You might have been right. It kills me to say this. You might have been right. Use something a little better than a gun. No, Katie, look. All this time you've been telling me a good cop uses a gun, right? So what are you telling me now? I was wrong. (sighs) Your brain. Use (sighs) your brain. All right. Brains over bullets. Yeah. Let's do it. She's like, first of all, you're a T-Rex. You got tiny arms. How the fuck are you going to point? Yeah. You can't even hold the like rifle in your two arms and point it somewhere. Exactly. Hell, when he was trying to get cookies, the poor puppeteer didn't even notice that his head was in the like fucking plant when he was trying to grab him. I'm like, that's because he's got no depth perception. And when he would talk to the other dinosaurs, their faces would be so close together. Like they didn't know at any point they were just going to (laughs) collide. Oh, now can we talk about the animatronics now that we get in that? We're almost done with this film. Did you notice sometimes the animatronics just stopped working in the face? Yeah. There's a scene when he comes in asking for his new Rex friendly mobile, or however he words it, and he's yelling. It looks like one eye has, it almost looks like the the, the face had a stroke. It's like an eye is. <laughs> <laughs> His mouth is yeah, it just stops working. Kind of like, are are they trying to make one eye squint to make him look more menacing, or is it probably just not working? Oh, it's probably not just working. (laughs) It's probably not working. Yeah, yeah, I I feel bad because you can tell that they reused the Rex animatronic a few times. They reused it with Molly, or at least they took a different animatronic and then used the same skin. Yeah, and they're like, oh, just throw a dress on it. Yeah, like Molly looks exactly like 
Teddy Rex. Like, yeah. they don't look different at all. She's just got makeup and a dress on. Well, there's a few scenes in the background. You can see other Teddy Rex. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, I saw someone put up and, and Teddy Rex in the face looks just like Michael Fassbender in the face. He's got like the same eyes, the same brow. When you get a moment, oh look God. it up side by side and it, it's pretty funny. I, I actually can see it. I, I can see it in my head. Uh, we're looking it up right now. This has to be. This is something necessary. Oh God, I see it. It's horrifying. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's so weird. It's too weird. I just like that someone discovered that. Like someone recently had been, who knows of him, who watched the movie on purpose recently, was like, you know, he reminds me of Michael Fassbender. Boom. <laughs> Wow. wow wow thank you internet <laughs> oh the internet. oh you're usually shitty but today you got one awesome thing <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to bring up while we're talking about animatronics before we sort of finish the movie here the one dinosaur that it looks like Whoopi genuinely cracks up sitting next to actually made me laugh out loud too it's yeah. a goofy looking fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> and you think you're gonna get somebody? <laughs> Not tonight, baby. I I genuinely laughed at that thing's face too. I think that was an outtake, and they left it in. Yeah, it's too good. It, it's yeah. she's genuinely yeah, laughing. That's her at best that. acting in the whole movie. Oh, can we talk about her most of the time sleepwalking through this? Like, I understand why. But there's a couple scenes, like at the very end, where she has her little monologue. She's like, you know, you can't use the gun. Use the brain. And that was probably at the end of the shoot. She's like, can we, is this done? We're done? Can yeah, I go? Because yeah. there's there's a couple scenes where you see her and she's running around in her, her like tights. And you're like, it kind of looks like, hey, I think we'll be cared this day. But there were a couple others where she emits so little... Because if you've ever seen Whoopi Goldberg and a lot of her really good, really good performances, she's like all over the place. She emits so much light from her face. There's so much emotion going on. But in this one, there's a couple times where it's like, man, oh, yeah. I'm in a fucking dinosaur buddy. Well, I movie. like it when uh, when they first introduce the couple to each other and, and they're like, your partner's going to be her. And she's like, he's a dinosaur. And they're like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. He's a dinosaur. It's like she's saying, like, yeah, this is a movie where I'm with a dinosaur. And then she says it like three or four <laughs> times. And she's, but it's a dinosaur. And they're like, you know, when the guys like wrote in, like, how bad the movie is and like making fun of it, like, via the script, it's pretty bad. Well, there's one scene when they're going to see the toy maker and they're tiptoeing. Oh. That is a scene where I'm like, she does not care. She's like, tiptoe, will you stop? Stop. Did you just fart? And then they keep moving on. There's like, like, if you heard a dinosaur rip ass, you'd be like, what the like fuck was said, that? I didn't you know? butt trumpet. Yeah, like, yeah butt trumpet is yeah, what he yeah. literally says. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll talk about I'll talk about Whippy's performance in a second here. But can we take a break to talk about, like, the three random fart jokes that are just, like, added in there for no reason whatsoever? Probably new line. It's like the ele- like they get off the elevator and he just farts and it's just like why like why did you right. just add in that fart sound? And he effect? says something like, else too for? goofy like not butt trumpet but something along those lines there. He's like no I didn't whatever. And then later he's sitting on the bad guy like they're trying to torture him for information. He's just farting all over him. Yeah, that's <laughs> like what guys <laughs> like talk yeah. about giving up. Since we've stuck to this synopsis as well as the film has, let's just, if we're going to go into the back end of the dinosaur, can we talk about this tail? Yeah, okay. Was the tail a joke they added in later, like after he was knocking everything over? Because that's what it seemed like to me. So John and I had a conversation about this last night, like a brief five-minute convo. That's exactly what I said. Yeah, that is the feeling I got. They were like, he kept knocking shit over. They're like, we have to write this in the script because he's just going to keep knocking shit over, uh, you know, the more we film. So, yeah, it was like he had, but there were times it was seemed like he had had control over it. And there are times like he did not, like he would tap somebody's shoulder with it, like to get their attention. And then times it was just blatantly busting up stuff left and right. And so they're like, nah, we'll just leave it in. Why do this like for 45 takes in a row? We'll just leave it in. So I, I, I was confused. Was it supposed to be like a dog's tail where it had its own personality? 
and maybe he could ask it to do things or was it I, whatever they didn't I, care. I don't want they to didn't care it was it was like a penis you can kind of make it bob up and down but it just kind of kind of hit whatever comes in its path <laughs> yeah i think it was i think that was his rex penis oh no <laughs> <laughs> um, but let me let, before we move on to I don't know what like I don't even know yeah, what else know. we can talk about with this movie. Um, There's no good transition from there. I, I wanted to go back to Whoopi's performance. I'm gonna disagree with you here in saying that like for how much she didn't want to be in this movie, I actually thought she was trying a little bit. No, I, I like I said, there's some scenes in here where you're like, she's trying, and then yeah. there are a few when you're like wow you don't care but i still feel like even in those scenes where it's like wow you don't care like i feel like she could even do worse like she still was giving it at least like 40 percent. you know like she was still giving it she wasn't giving it her all but she wasn't like like if i was being sued to be in a movie they get nine percent at best <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i can see that like yeah there was there was more than bare minimum effort put in i think but yeah but you can definitely tell there were times where she was giving it less and then there were times where you like oh that was a good day like she was like having fun generally like on that shot yeah i just i can't feel sorry for her though she's making seven million dollars to make this shit yeah oh yeah so i uh, well i so at the end i guess we'll get into this (laughs) they go to the like jurassic park island or what was it was it an island they call it um yeah, yeah, they gave a name to it, but like yeah, my, my brain yeah. just was like, I don't want this anymore, and threw it away. <laughs> so yeah. I, I know Theodore Rex flies in on like a helicopter. Yeah, that was bizarre. Yeah. And it was like the one of the baddies was like helping Whoopi like pilot it around. And Theodore is going between having the time of his life and acting like he's going to throw up the whole time. He's like, I'm flying. And he's like, oh, here comes lunch. Oh, like it was just, yeah, really over the top kiddish. <sighs> Missed opportunity for just another fart sound effect for no reason though too. Just like <laughs> yeah, like if he right when it lifted off, it just he just would have farted. Yeah, I would have been like, all right, yeah. ten out of ten, loved it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I have no idea why the like Three Stooges, Batman and Robin, bad guy is helping them. I don't really care. My mind blanked it out. Let's just get to the end of this. They go and confront the main guy who has a really pretty assistant by the yeah. way we, we haven't talked about but it's, she's it's his personal physician but she's just yeah. like with him all the time yeah i keep my personal physician with me everywhere i go too <laughs> uh, right. uh, very odd and, and he seems like he's pretty healthy too like there's no reason for him to have a doctor all the time either <laughs> yeah he's fine they try to capture Whoopi. she escapes something happens blah 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 they save the day because my brain cut this out i just remember Whoopi gets shot She's a robot. And I was like, huh, she's a robot. What the hell? And then Theodore Rex asked for the gun. And then she's like, you don't need the gun. Use your brain. And I'm like, you seriously want this dumb fucking dinosaur to start using his brain when he's been a bumbling, stumbling moron the entire film? He still kills Stephen McCaddy in the car. He like, yeah. pulls the, he, like he is the reason that that car drives into a wall and explodes. Teddy kills that guy. <laughs> it may not be yeah. with a gun. He's still a murderer. <laughs> yeah, the cheap hits. It's like a photo of Doctor Zane. It's like one of those uh, like uh, advertisements on the side of a road, and he just explodes instantly, like in a big giant explosion. Just oh, well, that's well right. I cheered at that. I forgot about that because it just goes. It hits the sign and it just explodes like inexplicably, like for no reason, just like. <laughs> Oh, well, and then it like, ends with the line, see ya. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the end. It just, see ya. It's like they gave up. Nah, uh, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, the movie, it, it makes sense because the movie wraps up so nicely. It's like they get the kid back. They freeze the doctor. They, they unfreeze Molly. They uh, get the bad guy. The one other bad guy blows up in a car, and everything's just fine. Everything just works. Everybody, yeah. Everything works out for everybody. I think it's the only morning time or daytime shot, and they're like, uh, uh, Theodore Rex finally becomes a detective, which was very briefly talked about at the beginning, how he always wanted to be a real detective and not this PR, publicity stunt kind of guy. 
and then like he and Whoopi like walk away into the sunset, so to speak. Yeah, saying like the Casablanca line, like this is going to be the start of a beautiful friendship yeah, or exactly. whatever. And I'm just like, good God. like just when it like couldn't get any worse, like the last line of the movie just puts like the terrible cherry on top. And it's like, guys, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus, this film, it's such a marathon and it's only like 90 minutes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for as much as going uh, on, it's really boring to watch, too, which is also kind of strange. Like for all the funny parts that it has, like getting through it is is almost unbearable yeah yeah completely agree this is an unbearable watch by yourself yeah, yeah like I, I i actually told steve before we watched it, i was like i like this movie because i had a good time watching it with the crowd i really enjoyed watching it with p- drunk people like i thought it was a fun movie watching it by myself was a bit of a chore i still don't hate this movie just because it's so weird but like i can't in good faith say that i like really enjoy this movie either it's just like it's too weird to hate but like at the same time it, it you can only watch it with a group of drinking people that's the only way you can watch this yeah. movie this is like a surreal art piece yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i could see people looking at this film and then being like this is the worst film ever put on video and other people just like surrealism you know other people would be like this is a masterpiece <laughs> like how they do jump cuts that make no sense there's lines there's uh, you know everything and you're like no use no, of what, color what are you talking noir with the tones of the light-hearted tones they are complementary to each other and the bidding on this for the original you know like real is like all 100 bidding will start at one hundred thousand dollars and we're like what the fuck you no don't bid on that what are you doing it's a waste of money this seems like i i i would watch this again only with the crowd i agree yeah i i gotta say like if <laughs> if you come across it do we pick it up no <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, but like uh, to only watch with your friends, like oh, don't watch it alone, but pick it up because it's too fucking weird to leave by itself. <laughs> to me, you don't touch this thing. You only go to like a bucket of blood and watch it. You only go to like a fat cat, you know, trash movie night and mm. watch it. I don't want to. I own this and I don't want to own it. <laughs> <laughs> I own it as well. So, I mean, if they're both of us own this movie, both of us in some way have like helped this movie <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys just gave Whoopi 35 cents damn it well i bought it used i don't think she gets any money for that nah, but if don't. you buy it new you're part of the problem and i did <laughs> damn it <laughs> i did it was only five dollars for a new dvd but i did it let's move on to behind the scenes so behind the scenes in this is uh pretty interesting this was a 33 million dollar film that could not get distributed to the theaters. I think New Line came in at the very end. I could not find why New Line got attached to this because this was produced completely on its own. This film cost about $25, $26 million to make and about 7 to $8 million went to Whoopi. Wow. So that was added on top of that. And so I don't know. I, I read a lot about it. I read about how this may have had the mafia, Italian mafia involved. <laughs> Maybe not because yeah, I read that too. Yeah. And the Italian producers, Italian money men, like one of the guy was in pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Like put a lot of pressure on the producer to sue her to get her to done it. I mean, like, and it's pretty funny. I, I read a little bit on the producer that took her to court and he's like, you know, in hindsight, I really wish I just would have walked away from this film because it killed his career. Yeah which was already kind of struggling because he had like a disagreement. He something he had worked on Pee Wee's big adventure, but then had a falling out with Pee Wee. So he was kind of like losing his power in Hollywood. Wasn't he the manager of Pee Wee? Oh yeah. He was Pee Wee's agent, right? Yeah. Producer and agent. Oh man. Yeah. That's rough. But I'm pretty sure this just, this was a, a career sinker. Yeah. Cause at this time, Whoopi Goldberg was on fire. Yeah. It was at the height of Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. She had, I mean, what ghost was 89, 90. Yeah. Sister act, the Spielberg one color purple, the color purple. Yeah. yeah. She had done like all of those. And then this, like what, what year? So this, yeah. this tape came out in 96. What year did this movie actually made? I think 94. 
Yeah, I was like, I knew it was earlier. I, well, I was reading in 93, they were still like, they were trying to work on it. So I think it was a couple of years in the making. Yeah, and I knew it took a couple of years for it to actually come out. Like, it sat on a mm-hmm. shelf for a little while, too. So, so 90, if this is like 94, this is, this is the height. This is Whoopi mm-hmm. Goldberg is one of the biggest stars in the world right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, this film was even, I mean, like you said, it took a while. It sat on a shelf. I don't know how New Line got into this, but I'm assuming New Line bought this for next to nothing and then probably took almost all the profits of this and refused to put it. I do know they refused to put it in theater. They were not going to pay because the distributors, I mean, that's what they do. They distribute the film. So they're probably like, we'll stick this son of a bitch on VHS because we know kids will rent this and we know stores will buy it because they know kids will rent it. Just looking at the cover with the stupid dinosaur. Yeah. And the parents will look at it and be like, oh, I know who Whoopi Goldberg is. Yeah. So I'm sure it made money on video. For New Line. Yeah. But, but probably not the original. I bet the original investors lost. They ate it. Yeah. yeah. They didn't make anything. Yeah. I think with the, well, the, it got a lot of publicity too with her getting her getting sued to be into it too. So I think they knew that hey, it's probably not going to do anything if we put it in theaters. So I think that was also a push to straight to video. I just, yeah, I, I think New Line probably would have forced the original backers to pay to get it into theaters they probably wanted none to do with it they'd probably pay for the vhs's but to put this thing in like 2000 theaters it wouldn't make any money it would be useless they'd never pay for that new line even though they came out with a lot of trash at some points they were a smart money-making company yeah so i i mean that's just my guess with the distribute i i don't know i couldn't find anything on new line getting involved with this yeah, I couldn't either. Do you have anything? I mean, there's so much behind the scenes. Does anyone have anything else? No. <laughs> All right. We'll move on to what's going in the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. If you're new to Analog Jones, this is the part of the show where we put something in our museum. We go out in the wild all, and we sort through all this plastic and we try to find something for our museum. Good or bad, what are we doing, guys? <laughs> Hard to choose. Matt, you want to go for I can't. No, I got to go last, I think. I've got a few <laughs> floating in my head, but I want to see what you guys say. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll put some in. Uh, I'm sorry, Theodore Rex. I got, I got to put in a lump of coal in this one. If you're going to do a movie like this in the heart of dinosaur fever, at least get a script that's together and not having to be rewritten every day. And also maybe pick a director that's not in over his head. Cause I also read that if you're going to have a kind of flimsy idea that may or may not work, I think you have to at least have a solid script. And I think that's a big failure on this. But I do give them credit for somehow piecing together this piece of shit that we can enjoy in a group. But you got anything, John? Well, uh, I th- the thing that stood out to me just right away was was just a line in the movie. What are you, specious? And how it just made me laugh. Um, and I also thought it was a sign of the times about racism in the guise of, of dinosaurs living with humans. I think this is I think this is the rare both positive and negative thing. <laughs> this is the rare both. I couldn't think. That was the only that was the only thing I could come like I could think of like oh yeah that's going in that's my thing to go in. I don't know that's like what stood out to me. Yeah, that joke did it made me laugh and at the same time it made me feel bad and then I just was kind of left like numb. Like, <laughs> I don't really that, like, changed you. Yeah. You heard that line and it literally changed your chemical makeup. <laughs> Matt, have you had enough time? Yet? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I've got – mine is a little broad, and it's going to be positive because I always put positive stuff in. It's broad, but then I'll narrow it down to, like, one specific thing. Uh, I'm going to put in sort of just, like, the when, – when the animatronic works, like, the sets and, like, the costumes. I, I like the futuristic sort of look of this movie, and I, I, I think in a better movie I would have I would have really enjoyed it. But, like, when they do that – that early on pan out to the city where it goes from like a digital to a model. I thought that was really cool. And I really like the look of the city, but when we narrow it down to like one thing, that's kind of my favorite design element, 
it's the stupid looking dinosaur in the bar. It's my favorite thing in the world, actually. <laughs> it's so funny looking. I've seen this movie three times. Every time they do that cutaway where they cut to Whoopi and then they pan over and he's sitting right next to her, I laugh every time. I It makes me laugh. It gets me because, like, they have done the perfect, like, just stupid design. He doesn't have to have a line. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to do anything. Just his face makes you laugh. And I'm like, that dinosaur should have been the star of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't even think it could open its mouth. Exactly. (laughs) Which just makes it even more lovable. The fact that it's, like, not even functional is even better about it. What if there was an entire scene written where that was the first dinosaur to ever use sign language because it couldn't talk? Yeah. (laughs) Sign me up. Theodore Rex Part 2, that dinosaur story. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to what's next. Next week, we are doing... Dinosaur, a fun-filled trip back in time. It's a 30-minute one. It's going to be a shorter one. Pretty sure we're going to have a lot of fun. So come back next week for that. Thank you for listening. Be kind. Rewind. Bye. Bye.